Welcome to Curito Connects. I'm your host, Jen, and I've been conversing with friends around the world about life challenges and impactful moments. Conversations on this platform look at answering the questions, how we overcome challenges and how our experiences shape who we are and the work we do today. I hope this work can inspire you on your own personal and individual journey. Let's dive right in. Hello, my guest today is LA-based Gabriel Ornilas, <laughs> hospitality industry expert and creator and host of On The Past podcast. A collector of interesting people, purveyor of memorable experiences, Gabriel has spent his career working in hospitality, F&B, entertainment, and lifestyle industries to help build and produce compelling branding experiences through content, media, and partnerships. Hi, Gabriel, and welcome to Curito Connect. Hey, how are you? So great to be here. <laughs> Very good. I'm so happy you're on today. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our mutual friend, Jamila Robinson from episode 66 for being our mutual friend on Instagram, where after I dropped her episode, Gabriel and I connected. Mm -hmm. So social media is fun like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> There's positives. Well, because There's positives to social pos media. Exactly. <laughs> well, and here we are recording uh, an amazing episode to be. So um, uh, Gabriel wants to dive into his love for community building and how that has shaped him to become the person he is today and the work he does. Uh, so Gabriel, if I could have you start off by introducing yourself to our audience and lead us into your earliest memories of community, what you felt and how that has been such a significant part of your DNA and why you wish to spread more of this value to the hospitality industry. Sure, sure. No, thank you so much. Uh, it's it's great to connect. And uh, hopefully, as we were discussing earlier, we'll be able to connect IRL uh, over a great meal uh, or and, and a drink, uh, whether it be in Taiwan or somewhere else, uh, you know, around around the globe. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, you kind of gave a, a brief outline, but I'm a at its simplest form, I'm, I'm a marketer, I'm a storyteller, um, I'm a brand strategist, uh, and, and a producer. And so um, I work very closely with uh, a number of brands, uh, wine and spirits companies, hospitality co uh, brands, I've worked with automotive companies, uh, a number of financial services companies as well, all through the lens of really developing unique and exclusive experiences around sort of culinary and, and beverage. And I've been fortunate enough to to work with some incredible boutique hotel brands for for multiple years and and really just kind of cut my teeth uh so to speak in learning about the industry both from a marketing perspective, storytelling, sales perspective and I've kind of bounced around and done a lot of different things to get to the place that I am I am today and then I finally got to a place where I said, "Wow, I through working with some of these incredible brands through uh, being in the industry for 12, almost 12, 13 years, I've just met some of the most incredible individuals globally, not just, not just in the States, like all, all, all over the world. And I got to a point end of 2019 where I said, I, I just, I need to, I need to sort of record this. I need, I need to bring this together. And, and again, create community. Um, and I didn't know I was going to be doing this leading into obviously a global, a global pandemic where we were all going to kind of be 
shut down in, 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 in our homes. But, um, I was, I was fortunate enough to, to have the idea that many people have had, um, but really leverage all of the incredible relationships that I've built over the last 13 years with hoteliers, with restaurateurs, with world-renowned chefs, winemakers, uh, wine and spirits executives and CEOs, and put together a show that really celebrates the diverse ecosystem that composes a food beverage in hospitality. And so my my brand consulting, my sort of strategy work um, really works hand in hand with my with my podcast. Uh, you know, so, some of the guests have been clients. Some of the guests are clients. Um, but it really, I believe, keeps me really at the cutting edge of what's happening in the industry. And, and I, I'm sure you feel this way, Jen, like as a host of a podcast, we get the most out of this. We get to speak to cool people. <laughs> we get to learn from them. We get to ask questions that hopefully develop interesting answers, but we all, then we also are providing some value to our listeners as well. Hopefully, as I always say, my goal for every episode I do with on the pass is for there to be a unique and interesting takeaway for the listener, for them to at least mm-hmm. go, that's interesting. That made me think, or I want to implement that into my life, or I want to go to that place. That's that, that, yeah. that, that sounds, that sounds incredible. So, um, long winded answer for you, but, um, I, I grew up with a, a family. Um, I have a, my father's family is Mexican. My mother's family is Italian. Both cultures really valued uh, family. Both cultures really valued, like, like many cultures, um, being in the kitchen uh, around, around food, around celebrations. Almost, I would say every day was a celebration because uh, there was always something happening. There was always something going on. And my parents were both in the service industry. My mother worked at a hospital. My father was a public servant. Um, And I said in an article recently that I think, you know, their only son was, you know, is well positioned to be in the service business as well, because I saw my, my parents selflessly give to so many people. In fact, I was just talking with a friend of mine the other day that I shared my parents with so many people growing up. Um, I'm, I'm happy I was able to do that. I would say I wasn't wanting for anything. My parents gave me, uh, all the love, all the affection, but, um, we did, my sister and I shared them with so many people. Um, they were always the nature of their jobs were helping, helping a friend, helping a client. My father being a police officer was helping everyone he, he could, whether it was in our neighborhood or, or outside of the neighborhood. And he was always the person that people called. So I saw themselves selflessly give. And then, on, and then on top of that, on the weekends, when they weren't working, host, host dinners and host and host people. And, and my mother would cook for six, seven hours, getting ready and be exhausted on her feet, but loved Love just the idea, even though it, it, it sent her in bed for probably two days afterwards, of just making people happy and, and serving them and offering an experience that hopefully they enjoy and they talk about. And, and I think that's what, that's what hospitality is, is, is all about. You know, I, I had a, 
I had a guest, um, which I, I recently re-released the episode. Um, his name was Shep Gordon. Um, it was episode 25. I just re-released it as episode 65. But he's coined as the individual who created the celebrity chef. So he um, managed Emeril Lagasse and Wolfgang Puck and helped put together the Food Network and essentially created you know, the platform, the, the vehicle. He was the catalyst for the celebrity chef as we know it today of really helping them give the platform. But he said something uh, that was really interesting. He said, you know, we, we often have to remind ourselves that we're simply in the business of making people happy. And, and, and so that that's kind of where, what I think about all the time, it, it, whether I'm servicing clients or, or I'm working and building community uh, on my podcast, or I'm hosting, I'm hosting dinners. Um, I'm always trying to build community. I'm always trying to bring people together and, and, and again, be that catalyst, be that conduit for an exchange of ideas and for people to develop new relationships from. And, and so that's, that's why, you know, I, I always say it's on my Instagram, which, which you read it, but I say, you know, I don't, I don't collect anything, but I collect interesting people in, in, in my life. And, and I say, if you, you know, if you're going to collect anything, collect people, experiences and memorable moments. Um, and those are the things that you can really kind of take with you as, as you move through the world. Mm, it's very true. <laughs> Thank you for that intro. Um, I, I do want to kind of take you further back. Mm -hmm. um, I want to ask you, at what point in the growing up on these weekend gatherings with, you know, your parents and the community that you started to step in and help your mom with the cooking? And then at what point growing up, did you decide, I don't know what you studied in school, but like, how did you go about figuring out how you wanted to start off your career? Like that you chose marketing, you know, mm -hmm. is that what you studied like journalism mm -hmm. or did you want to be a chef? Um, if you could, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there wasn't, there wasn't an option not to help my mother in the kitchen. And, <laughs> and, and, and in fact, which I'm, I'm very happy that uh, I did that. I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed learning from her in the kitchen. And I, and I really value that time that we had together. Uh, we don't, we, I only live about an hour to an hour and a half from them. So I'm not far, but it's different. I don't, I don't see them I don't see them every week. They travel. I travel a lot, but I, I oftentimes think back to those moments of making pastries uh, or making breakfast with my, with my mother. Uh, and there, you know, it's, it's, I'm very, I'm very fond of, of those memories and, and it's just something that I'll have with me for, for the rest of my life. My father worked like crazy when I was younger. And so I spent a lot of time with my mom and, and spent a lot of, she, she worked full time. But, uh, you know, when we got out of school, it was always, she's one of those, I think the, that last generation, uh, of women that are just, I, I don't know how she did everything. It, you know, it's like, I don't know how you work full time. You take care of the kids, you're cooking, you're cleaning, no help. I, I just, I, I'm, I idolize my mom for, for that reason, because I have no idea how she did it all. Um, but she did it with a. Did you ever? 
But she did it with a smile on her face. You know, I, I have, I, we, we, we've joked about it and we've talked about it a lot. Um, but, but we have, you know, I, I, it's, it's funny. I, I think I've gotten to a place where I'm finally asking my parents more questions about, Mm. about who they are. And, 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 uh, you know, you, you have this idea of who mom and dad are and, and, and they show up in your life in a specific way, but you know, we all have to remember they were, they, they, they have, they have hopes, they have dreams. They, they were single, uh, you know, at one point they weren't married. They had a whole life before, before us as well. And, um, you know, they, they oftentimes made certain sacrifices in, in order mm-hmm. to, in order to have children. And so yep. some of those conversations have, have been had, but I'm actually going through a bit of a, a fun project of recording my father, uh, as well, uh, not to put out into the world, but because again, I have all the equipment, I have all the, I have all the ability <laughs> to do it, but you know, my, my father was in law was, you know, a, a police officer for, uh, for over 40 years and, and worked in um, El Salvador, worked in Guatemala, worked in, in, in Mexico, worked at, with Scotland Yard in, in the UK, and just has wow. such a, a depth of experience, really into a world that most of us only see in movies. And, and yes. most of us don't want to necessarily know about, but it's, it's wildly yeah. fascinating. And it's obviously shaped him to the individual that that he was, but yeah, getting back to that kind of like early days. Um, I loved, I loved being with my mom. I, I loved serving people. I really got a lot of, I really got a lot of joy from that. And that's why I remember when I was in high school, they didn't want me to get a job when I was, I think I was 14 or 15. And they said, uh-huh. why don't you take a year, get, get, get set up. And I was like, no, I want to, I want to be a barista because I just love the idea of like, helping people start their day. Mm-hmm. And some people, their midday, their afternoon, their, 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 yeah. their, their early evening. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I, I worked at Starbucks for, uh, for about six years as a, as a barista and uh, got to work kind of all through Southern California. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was so fun to be a part of I had uh, I had Eddie Cola, who's the CEO of Groundworks Coffee, which is a 32 year old organic coffee coffee brand and they have cafes uh in Oregon in Southern California. I had him on the podcast and and I said, you know, I was I, I felt I felt so so cool to be a part of like that second wave coffee in, in two yeah, thousand yeah, yeah. two thousand four, two thousand five. Um, you know, it was Starbucks really for the for for the most part, there's other brands as well, really kind of set that that wave for that, you know, that second mm-hmm. wave into that third wave where, you know, where we're at right now, although some people would say we're in a fourth wave. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was so fun, like being able to affect people's day in a positive way. And I just, I just, I, I derived a lot of joy from that. And I think you either have that or you don't have, you don't have that. And uh, for me, uh, serving others uh, is not, is not a burden um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and, and I, mm-hmm. and, and, and I, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I still enjoy it to this day. <laughs> so you did, 
So you had Starbucks, and then during that time, did you go study like at school? And did you yeah. finish a degree? Did you go like, okay, well, I love Starbucks, but I should find a nine to five, yeah, I went, whatever I, you want to call it. I, I went. I went to USC, and um, I studied at the communication school, and then transferred to the School of Letters, Arts, and Sciences, and had a and had a business. Um, minor and an international relations minor because I was always just I I never got to travel when I was younger my parents didn't have uh the ability for us to 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 travel um you know we would go back we would go to Mexico we would go to New York that's kind of it because that's where that's where um you know we would go we would go with family but you know I had friends at especially at high school or USC who come from well-to-do families that are in the South of France each summer and they're in Greece or they're in Japan. And I'm, and I, I was always fascinated by those kids because um, I've not always, but I feel like they had potentially some more depth than some of my other friends who didn't necessarily, they're just, they saw the world in a, in a different way, whether they even appreciated it or not at, at, at that time um, they had a different experience. And so I always really wanted that. I knew I would always get there. And I think that's, that's also for me, what I'm so proud of is, is in sort of architecting this career that I've had, I've been able to do that. And then some, I I've been able to try, I've been able to travel to so many places and, um, have been so fortunate. And so I didn't, it would have been nice to do it as a, as a child, but I'm really happy in how, in how it, uh, how it played out. Um, now I just want, I want my parents to be able to experience some of the things that that I've experienced, and so um, I'm I'm kind of toying with a you know a, a couple trips where I can get them them engaged is uh, you know is as well. But but yeah, I I did that. But it, honestly, like I got out of I got out of college around you know 2000 right after the recession of 2008, um, and jobs were not readily available. That that it just. I, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to put a lot of this energy and, and passion into. And I, and I kind of always knew hospitality was a place, but didn't really know how to get my start. And so um, I started kind of really just knocking down doors and, and, uh, and, and meeting with people and taking them out to lunch uh, with, the, with, with the little to no money that I had. I mean, I was running around... Los Angeles and going to New York, taking people to dinner and taking people to lunch and not really, and, and doing something that I still do to this day that I would, I would say, I wouldn't say, can you help me with this? I would say, how can I best help you? And I, and I, and I would, I, and I would ask them. And I think some of them would kind of laugh and go, this is like a young kid. What do you mean? How can you have, how can you help me? But the funny thing was, you know, I, I enjoy people and I enjoy connecting with, with people. And I had built, um, through college and through a number of internships had built some pretty great relationships already getting out, you know, individuals mm. who ran agencies, a few CEOs of, of some brands, a few hospitality executives. And so I leveraged that pool, that collective of individuals and each person I would meet with, you know, I would say, you know, how can I best help you? you know, what can I, what can I help you with? And they're like, well, uh, that's, well thanks for, they said, thanks for asking that. And they're like, you know, I'm really looking to connect with, you know, boutique hotel. I said, I, my friend runs this such and such. And I, and I, I would make that connection 
And essentially, in the beginning, that wouldn't put any money in my pocket. But what that was, was I was building social currency. I was building social currency where anytime I called that person, they would pick up the phone. They would pick up the phone because they would be go, wow, he was, he was the catalyst for this relationship. Whether something yeah. evolved from it or not, they, they got some value from it. And so, yeah. you know, yeah. it wasn't a, what can you do for me type thing, but I, I was in the spirit of giving because I said, yeah. I don't, I don't have 20 years. I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a, a multimillionaire father or a CEO father who I can sort of let leverage their, you know, their respective uh, network from, but I do know some great people. So let me give, give, give so that I can get. Um, and, and that, and that was like the philosophy or like early on. And, and the reality is, is like, you know, I think there's a book give and get or, or something or give and take. Give and take. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so something. Adam Grant. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Adam Grant's, which I think, <laughs> Yeah, I think at the end of the day, the givers win. I think the givers win, but you do get burned a lot along the way. But you just have mm -hmm. to, you know, you become more selective. You become more thoughtful about who you ultimately mm -hmm. give to. Um, but I mean, that that was really the start of of everything. Was really just giving, 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 and then going to some of my close connections and saying, I think I could really. I think I can really support you all in your in your marketing efforts. I think I can support you all in your partnership efforts. And here's sort of some of my mm. ideas. And then, you know, before you knew it, I had a number of boutique hotel clients uh, hiring me. Uh, I had wine and spirits clients that I was working with. And you know, till this day, I've I've never had a a formal job. I've 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 always kind of done my own thing. I've been an entrepreneur. Yeah. As you as as you may know, like the highs are high and the lows are low, but but it's uh, mm -hmm. it's it's been so fun and it's been so rewarding. And I would say like it's a different experience to go in house and leverage the 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 the, af the power and the influence of a big brand. But there's also something yeah. to be said for someone that's entrepreneurial, nimble, hungry, and can kind of get into any door. There's also there's yeah. also a bit of um, it, it's, it's worked. It's worked for me, you, you know, re really well. Yeah. And, uh, even with my podcast, you know, we, we mentioned, we mentioned Jamila, uh, earlier, she, you know, she's more took a traditional route and, and, and has, has leveraged that in, in such an incredible way. Whereas I've sort of taken a non-traditional route and created a podcast on my own. I don't have a media company yeah. behind me, you know, kind of pushing it, but have really just through the power of passion, integrity, uh, and and just you know deep interest and love for for this industry and great and great network, mm -hmm. I've been able to really build something interesting. Whereas you know twenty thirty years ago, there wasn't an opportunity for individuals like us a, as much. Um, you know you had to work for Bon Appetit, you had to work for Forbes Travel Guide, yeah. you had to work for some big media company. Um, and, and now it's really been the, the, the playing field has been leveled in, in a lot of ways. Mm. And, and if you, if you have the interest and you have, uh, you know, the grit 
to be able to to be able to to create something um you can you can be right there with with everybody else uh you know as well I just got goosebumps because I was when you were referring to social currency. I just little side story. Yeah, yeah, please. Uh, I feel like you're like the feet, the male version of myself because for a long time that's what I did. Yeah. Like I would just go out and meet people, and I remember my family would be like, "Why are you constantly going off and having coffee with people? And, you know, meeting them for drinks? Like you spend all like your day just like out and about meeting people, mm-hmm. and they're just kind of like, who are all these people you're meeting? You know." <laughs> And then 10 years later, I look back and I go, that's my social currency, Mm, right? To your point, exactly. It's like, I've kept in touch with them. I can reach out even if we've only met once or twice. Mm -hmm. And I can do that connect that you just referred to, you know. Um, But I wanted to ask you a very important question, Mm -hmm. which is when you started to offer your community of networks, you know, you said, I can really help you guys with your marketing. I can help you with these different connections. How did you figure out, because I think this is a question a lot of entrepreneurs um, have, right? It's like, how did you figure out your system? Like, how were you going to charge people? Because they all started off as your friends, right? So that relationship of like putting a price tag to your services and being okay with like, well, you know, this is how I'm going to charge you. Mm. This is what I will deliver. Um, You know, was there, was that difficult for you to figure out, you know, were there hard conversations you had Mm. with friends who probably didn't want to really pay you that amount until they saw a result, you know, like just, I feel like those are always like the icky questions you 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 know that people don't really talk about, mm-hmm. but it's that's the reality, right? Like that's how you you make a living. Yeah, I think I think you you have to become comfortable in the uncomfortable if you if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to run your own business. Um, if you if it makes you feel weird asking people for money. Um, then you either have to find someone else to work with you to do to do that or or you have to become you have to become comfortable with it. You know, I think getting to the point of the question of how you price things um and then and then kind of like balancing the relationship every project is different. So so you know, it really depends on the scope of work. It really depends on ultimately what are what are you doing? Uh, you know, are you are you doing some strategy work that takes place over a couple months there's a specific way to price that are you doing strategy that's tied to some production of some sort whether it be a podcast whether it be digital content whether it be a full-fledged you know campaign or is it really just um you know diving into uh the customer profile and diving into sort of some of the data and it it just it just comes down to ultimately what are you offering what are you doing and then um for me i i never i never really did an hourly um i've done things where i've i've done a day rate where i've just i've i've actually consulted with people they wanted me to come in for a day or two i've done the day rate um and obviously that's gone up uh over, over the years but for the most part a lot of the early clients, they were monthly retainers because they were hmm. they were tied to uh, a specific scope of work that was strategy oriented, that was about developing the strategy, implementing the strategy, and then it was also tied to partnership development as well. And so, you know, I'll give an example. 
Um, I had worked with the Fiena Hotel um, in South Beach, Miami. Uh, they uh, are now owned by the Accor Group, um, which is in the Ainsmore uh, sort of luxury boutique division of, of Accor. Um, but uh, I put together a two-year deal with Mercedes-Benz. And so, you know, they paid me a monthly fee um, for about six months. And then, um, you know, to not to my not to my liking, they stopped paying after after the six months. But um, I, I basically courted uh, Mercedes Benz, uh, the brand that I did a deal with, for another three months, and then I did a seven figure deal, which I got a sizable percentage of on the on on the back end, which was at the contingent compensation. So depending on you know again what you're doing. It could be a monthly fee, it could be a day rate, but it can also be tied to some sort of um, some sort of success fee as well. In addition to in addition to the actual fees that you're charging for the strategy and some of the implementation. So again, it's 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 difficult to say without a spe- without really specifics because every project mm-hmm. is different. But I think you know the advice that that I that I would give is. Um, I always tell people like find find business mentors like like as 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 much as possible and and ask those questions. I understand from a few trusted resources how how do you how do you price things? How do you um you know how do you go about there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are great openers. There's not many people who are great closers. So so in that and that's something that it's funny I had a I had a business advisor for many years. And he would say, you're one of the greatest. And this is when I was like in my early to mid twenties, he'd say, you're one of the greatest business openers I've ever worked with. But he said, you don't know how to close the deal. Um, and, and so it it was, it was funny. It really got me, it really got me thinking about, okay, you know, what is that art of the deal? And, 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 and yes, it's one thing to open something, but then how do you sort of take it from, interest and excitement to letter of intent and let's, you know, okay, money's exchanging hands. Let's, let's get married essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of, mm-hmm. there's a lot of factors. There's timing, there's uh, you know, there's, there's working with the right individual. Um, it's the right project. There's a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, getting to that close quicker um I learned as well, not, not rushing the process, but also not lingering and staying in deals that you kind of know aren't going to happen either. Mm-hmm. You know, I, po- I posted something uh, the other day that's been getting quite a bit of chatter on LinkedIn. Um, I've been doing these food for thought uh, type uh, um, posts. And I, oh. I, said, I said, a quick no is always better than a slow drawn out maybe. And and I and I and I and I kind of reference the fact that people talk a lot about ghosting culture in dating. Well, it's really no different in business. There, 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 there is a lot of people in business that ghost you. And what and what I what I said is if you're actually so so there's a couple different different things. If you're if you're in fear of saying no to someone because you, you don't want to hurt the relationship, there's that there's, or there's like also indifference. You don't care about the relationship. So obviously that's why you're, you're, you're ghosting. But I think there's less people who are the latter. 
I think I think there's this this sort of fear of rejection and fear of giving rejection because especially in a place like I don't know how it is by you, but in a place like LA or New York or other, you know, I'd say big metropolitan areas where people come to be discovered, people come to to do business together, there is this sort of well, we might be able to work together in the future. I don't want to I don't want to sour the relationship, but what I would say is you're actually giving more respect to somebody by saying and the relationship by saying no. Say are, are you you say you say, "Hey, you know what? There's not an opportunity right now, but there might be next quarter." Or you know what? I don't think there is going to be an opportunity for this idea, but why don't you circle back in, you know, in in a in, in our next fiscal or, or, or something yeah. like that. But people just don't want to say anything. So there's this sort of drawn out maybe. And so what mm-hmm. I, what I've learned is you either get to the no quicker and, 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 or, and, and figure out what are those ones to stick in because there might really be a, a yes at, yeah. at the end of it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> it's very applicable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, I had so many like questions actually, but I wanted to ask you in terms of uh, when, you, when you look back and, and we talked about this before we were recording how both you and I are more like behind the scenes, you know, <laughs> like people don't really know who we are. Well, at least, I mean, people know who you are now, but like in the beginning, mm-hmm. right, when you did your consultancy work and this and that, and now you're slowly putting yourself forward. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, like, when you look back, like, how has that changed? Or, you know, like that journey of when you were behind the scenes, the love of the connections you made, the chefs, you know, the hoteliers, and the industry in itself that you love so much, and you wanted to help like elevate to then, when you said like in 2019, you're like, you know, I'm sitting on a bunch of amazing resources of amazing talents and people who are really shaping where all this is going forward. Uh, and then kind of thinking like, oh, actually, you know, because I'm sitting on all this, I want I want to put myself out mm-hmm, there too mm-hmm. and storytell and share, right? So I guess my question here is when you look back on your journey thus far and where you are now, how has all that kind of shaped your community and where would you like to take, you know, on the pass and all these other projects, you know, we're not going to reveal today, but just ongoing that you have in mind that could expand beyond what you're currently doing. Right. Um, because they're all still within hospitality. They're all still within F and B and spirits. Um, yeah. I, th- I think I was always, I've always been building community. I've always been preaching sort of the art of human connection and, and, and I think, but I was always doing it behind closed doors. Um, so, so to speak, I, I, I wasn't necessarily interested in documenting it for documenting its sake. Um, I was doing it out of a true love and passion for bringing people together. And there's many people who would say, you know, they, they met their, they met their, one of their best clients through me at one of my dinners, or they met, uh, you know, a boyfriend, or they met a, a a business partner, or 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 thing or things like that. Um, and so now with the podcast, it was never about sort of me becoming more front and center. Um, it was always about really 
again, as I said earlier, celebrating the diverse ecosystem that composes of food, beverage, hospitality. But I think, as I was saying earlier too, if you do it with enthusiasm, passion, and integrity, people can't help but ask the question, well, who's this individual that's doing it? And maybe they have an interesting story um, as well. And I think that's sort of been the byproduct of being quite passionate about this show and passionate about this interest industry and, and really very focused on, um, I think similar to your show, I'm, I'm, my show's about the guest. It's not about me. It's really about the guest. There are certain mm -hmm. tidbits and, 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 you know, and undertones where I'm infusing my personality. I'm infusing some of the travels, I'm infusing some of the experiences that, that, that I've been on to add more value to the listener. But, it, but mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's not a, it's not a promotional vehicle uh, for me. Um, but what it, what it can become is, and I hope it will become is, is more of a foundation for other people to tell their, to tell, to tell their stories. So I actually want to bring in other hosts. I don't want to host everything. I'd, <laughs> I, I'd love to, I'd love to bring in other individuals who see the community that I've built. Um, this incredible community of people. That's a mix between industry, individuals, chefs, restaurateurs, beverage, beverage directors, and just that deeply passionate, like your brother, food, like foodie, someone who will travel, you know, travel the world <laughs> and get on, get on a plane to go try this new restaurant in Singapore, this new restaurant in, you know, in, in, in Lima, you know, Peru or, so, or, or something like that. And so we, I've really sort of cultivated an incredible community and, and, uh, yeah, I want to continue to do that moving forward. And I, and I can see that extending outside of just a video audio component into, into real life experiences as, as well. I've had multiple guests say to me on the podcast, Hey, let's do a collaboration dinner. Let's do Let, let's, let's do a, you know, let's do a live recording podcast but then also do hors d'oeuvres and do drinks. And, you know, one of them might be a chef and one might be the CEO of a spirits company. And we have the, we have the, you know, the, the hors d'oeuvres from the chef and we have an incredible cocktail from one of the guests, you know, <laughs> from one of the guests who's being, who's being interviewed. And so there's a lot of interesting ideas and opportunities and people who are reaching out about how do we extend this into real life? Experience. How do we, how do we yeah. make it more experience based? And how do we bring this yeah. top tier talent and this community of industry people and listeners uh, into a space together and, and create some magic? Uh, and, mm -hmm. and, and hopefully, like I said, build more community, connect more people and, and have more memorable experiences for us to, to share together. Mm. That reminds me of like, uh, I, I used to, this is a long time ago though. I used to do these, uh, supper clubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same thing, right? It's bringing community together because like you said, in the very beginning, it's, it's just, it doesn't even have to be super fancy food. It's just food, good conversation, energy. It's just that energy. You just watch people interact. I think, and I, just like magic I, I, th I think, I think the art of a dinner party composes of a lot of different things, but I think the curation of the guest list 
needs to be up there at the top. Uh, one one mm-hmm. of the top things because I have been at the most stunning location. I have been at at that location. There was a, there was a world renowned chef, but there was a dryness to some of the people, um, and there wasn't there wasn't an exchange of community ideas. Um, there wasn't a really stimulating conversation that was that was taking place. And so you can have some of the components, but like, it's almost, it's almost the fact that the food, which we all want delicious food, but the food can be less extravagant. If the people, if the people, if the people are great and the conversation's great and people are vibing (laughs) that, that in and of itself is, is success. And so for me, anytime I, I put a, a dinner party together or, or I'm putting an event together for for a client. I, I'm I'm very like I really want to understand. Um, a obviously, what are we trying to accomplish, uh, and and what does success look like? But then reverse engineering is how do we get the right people there that are a going to hit those goals, but also offer a vibe as well, and mm-hmm. and 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 yeah. create a space that is worth being at is, is, yeah, as well. Yeah. We all, we all yeah. have limited time. We're, we're all, if, if you're, if you're coming to one of my things, you're saying no to someone else's, or you're saying no to spending mm-hmm. time with, a, with a loved one. So let's make mm-hmm. it as interesting and, and as impactful as possible. And so whenever I'm thinking about these things, even just for my dinners, I'm like, okay, so-and-so runs a media company. So-and-so is a young brand. Okay. That, that's kind of an interesting connection. This chef, can connect with this studio executive who's worked on, you know, on, on television. Like, like I'm, that's how my mind is thinking all the time. And, 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 and it shows in, it's funny. It's like, it's almost like I've willed it into existence because the people will get around the table. Those people that I thought would connect, I don't even have to, I I've, I've already made, I, I created the space for it. I created the, you know, you know, the platform for them to be able to connect. And then they'll call me up and go, man, so-and-so was really great. I, you know, I met at your, and I said, I said, yeah, I said, yeah, I know. I'm glad you, I'm glad you two connected. So it's, it's kind of funny. Do you do, um, do you do name placements when you, when you set up your table? I have, I have, I don't do it all the time. Um, again, mm-hmm. you know, some of these are, are done quickly. Some of them yeah, are done yeah. with proper menus. Some of them are just, yeah. let me get 15 people <laughs> together. And I've got a great yeah. chef who's coming to town and, and uh, you know, we use bamboo plates and, you know, there, there's, there's everything from, uh, you know, 300, uh, a 300 year old, um, you know, French porcelain plateware company that says, you know, I've worked with in the past that has sent over incredible dish, you know, plateware uh, and dishware to, using sometimes bamboo plates. It's, you know, there's, it's, you know, it's about balance in life, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. totally, totally. Oh yeah. I'm totally feeling it. Uh, I, cause I do the same. I, when I do mine, I definitely do name placements and people always like, cause you know, I don't know how you do it, but then I usually always ask for RSVP. Cause I'm like, are you coming? Of course. I want like, I will print, I will print your name out and I'll put, you know, it's like, that's part of my SOP, right? My system. Yep. Um, and that I think, it took me about like a decade for like people around me, my community to be like, Oh yeah, she always does that. She like, she always will have like a name placement for that purpose. Mm-hmm. 
right? Because if I didn't have that, then you know, you're you're not gonna know. And and again, this is culturally. So like, I'm in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. You're in LA. Mm-hmm. Socializing culture is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I'm more Western educated, but I'm also based here. Mm-hmm. So that in itself is a whole navigation for system, sure, right? Like, sure. how do you get a cu- culture who they socialize, but then when you mix a group of people who come from different backgrounds, how do you play that soft skill mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. oh, so and so, da 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 da, right? So to your point exactly, I think there's a whole art form to it. Um, and that's funny that we're talking about this because I think in the age of chat GPT and AI and machine learning that what you're doing, what Curito is doing, you know, that's going to be irreplaceable with chat GPT, right? You can't, you can't replace that on a dinner table well i mean i mean maybe 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 you can i mean i was listening to a podcast the other day that said you know we'll be you know uh, the guest the the guest may be ai you know at 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 some at 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 some point but maybe but you know i i posted something again on linkedin it was another food for thought series that, that said to people you know while you're architecting your your digital strategy your content strategy, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and trying to figure out how to leverage the new AI tools at our disposal. Mm-hmm. I said, let's not forget to to master the art of human connection as well, because because yeah. it can be a lost art at some point, um, and 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 that is that is very sad, and um, that's worrisome as well, especially being that we are tribal people. We're community people. We need each. Yeah. We need each other. You know, you, if you you read you know, Dan Butner's The Blue Zones, like you know, community is a big factor. Community is a big factor in our health and wellness and our overall well being. And exactly. you know, it, it's said a million times by a million people, but you know, it's like let's not get it confused with the the community you have online versus the actual community you have. In, in real life. Um, and, and I, you know, mm-hmm. I think there's, there's a power in being together. There's a power in touch. There's a power in all these different things that, that, that we need. Um, I, I feel like to be, to be healthy and to live a vibrant life. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I'm going to, cause we're, we're running short on time. So I'm going to shoot you with some of the notes I took down that I wanted to ask sure, you. Sure. And then I have my, uh, concluding questions that I normally ask everyone. Sure. So to start off with, I wanted to ask you, what's your favorite dish to make? Like, what are you known for when people, you know, when they, they're they like going to go eat at your place, like, oh, are you going to make this dish today? Yeah. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a dish. lot of different things, but I mean, I'd probably, I probably do. I love making like a homemade chimichurri. Um, and so I, I would do a grass fed steak with a homemade chimichurri, I like my chimmy a little bit spicier, so I'll make it a little a, mm-hmm. a little bit spicier. Have a lot of personality. Um, an amazing, you know, kind of light side salad and some garlic mushrooms, and then maybe a little bit of like naan or or pita bread with just mm. just light olive oil and some sea salt over it. I mean, that's homemade. Homemade, yeah, yeah, homemade. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then I would also do a paella. I, I was doing a lot of paella nights um, pre-pandemic, mm. during the pandemic as well, because it's just, it's one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite things to make for sharing amongst like a small group yeah. of people. So I played yeah. with 
everything you could think of um, from seafood paellas to meat paellas to, you know, surf and turf, but veg, surf, veg, ve- veggie, veggie. I, I've, I, yeah, I've done, I've done it all. And, and that's, that's fun because again, it's a, it's a, it's a dish that really creates like community as well. We're all sharing off of a big, you know, almost 20 inch paella pan and, you know, yeah. and, and, and exchanging ideas and it's quite fun. It's funny. Yours is paella and Jamila's is uh, pies. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's, yeah, no, she's known, she's known for her pies for sure. So, and then, um, a favorite recipe that you learned from your mom. Mm, my, there's a lot, but as a kid, it just, the first thing that popped into my head was there's like this Italian, um, sort of crumb cake that she would, that, that she was, it's more, I think, adopted American, but, um, her mother would make it. And, um, so yeah, that, that's, that's something that I'm, I made, I would make with her all the time when I was a kid. And, and I, I now enjoy a nice espresso and, and that with her, it's so fun. Okay. So when we do IRL in, in person one day, those are the dishes. Yeah. yeah, We're doing all of that. We're doing all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So you had in, you know, in this whole conversation have um, repeatedly introduced to us uh, your podcast on the past. And I wanted to ask for those who are new to you and, you know, they've never heard your podcast as one of the top 100 uh, F and B podcast, how is yours done differently from all the other individuals who talk to chefs and hoteliers? Yeah. Like, what do you think yours brings out, you know, in terms of, um, your conversations with these individuals? I think, I mean, I can only speak for, for my, my own. There's a lot of great podcasts out there in the space, but for me, um, I, I'm most interested in like the human stories. Um, I'm less interested in the technicality of exact, you know, there, there are other podcasts for that of really diving in 45 minutes into, you know, the technical, well, it's, it's like the, even, even technically how a chef goes about a certain dish or something like that. It's not that I'm uninterested in that, but in a, in a 45 to an hour format, I'm more interested in, in what inspires them and why they've made the decisions they've made in their life and, and how it's, it's changed their life and what continues to drive them and mm-hmm. how becoming at this level, whether they're a chef or a restaurateur, like what, what are they doing with that influence and affluence? Like, like how are they helping mm-hmm. shape the future of, of the industry? Yeah. That's what I'm interested in, you know? So, yeah. so, so mm-hmm. I'm, so I'm leading it like that. Um, some people, you know, I've, I've had winemakers on and I'm sure some people would say, well, I, I, I would have loved to know more about X, Y, and Z. Great. That's why I put the links to these individuals. That's why the, the whole idea is you get a great takeaway and you can dive deeper. Um, I think yep. if you think about what you're kind of sort of asking, what is the competitive edge or what's, what sort of differentiates, it's really just like, it's, it's me. It's, it's what, it's what I'm interested in. It's my voice. Mm -hmm. It's my personality. It's, um, and again, I'm, I'm sort of secondary to the guests and to the overall podcast, but I am driving the ship. 
so like so so so, so to yeah. speak. And so the things that I think are interesting, and also I th- I think the, what most people have told me is they said, man, it's just it's just like listening to Gabe and a friend chat on the weekend about about mm-hmm. business and life and yeah and and everything. And so I think I think that resonates with people, and I think it's re- it's resonating with with people. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, and, and the fact that I'd say maybe the, the, the last thing, although I think there's others is it's quite global. It's not, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of podcasts that are based in, in the U S that over index on New York, LA and San Francisco. And, and mm-hmm. by the way, I say this all the time, not that there's not great stories in those markets because there are, but being someone who has quite a global lens and works on projects all over the world. Um, you know, I've had a ton of people from Europe and, and, uh, South America and Central America and, um, you know, and, and, uh, uh, Australia and New Zealand and, you know, and and continuing to build that out. And so I'd say 45% of my guests are from outside of the United States Mm -hmm. Because I, mm-hmm. you know, this I'm I'm building a global platform. I'm not interested in just building something that's yeah. that's big in a in in one market. Yeah, that's really cool. Because I wanted to ask you for in the beginning when you started, you said earlier too that you reached out to your friends, right? Uh, people you already knew to join, you know, invite them as their guests. And as a host to host here, I wanted to ask you. Um, do you now have people reach out to you to want to be a guest? And have you had times where you've had guests on where you're like trying to get that human story side mm-hmm. where, but then the person, this is kind of a side topic in terms of conversations mm-hmm. <laughs> with individuals, mm-hmm. right? In ter- Cause I think with Curito connects to it's about the individual. It's about their journey, right? How did they get, um, from the challenges or impactful moments that they've experienced in their life to where they are today and the work they're doing. But sometimes this goes back to what we spoke about very early on about the individual, mm-hmm. right? Your human story, your growth, your understanding of the world. And some people, I think maybe they haven't really reflected, you know, on their path mm-hmm. to be able to come to the microphone and have this conversation with you mm-hmm. to say those things, mm-hmm. you know, in a very authentic um, non-ego, selfless way, right? Um, so I'm just curious from host to host if you've had such experiences with some of your guests. Um, I mean, I, I've I've had lots of experiences where um, the energy is is magic and it's fireworks, and sometimes it yeah. sometimes it's not, and it, and it, and it falls flat. Um, but that's why yeah. for me, I won't get on with anyone that I haven't had a call or two with, or I've had like, vi- mm. I've had video calls with to develop the rapport. Yeah. Um, because yeah, now yeah. there's a lot more people that I haven't met um, in person who end up getting on the podcast, but, but we kind of develop a bit of an understanding of one another. Um, you know, we have a, a virtual cocktail, so to speak, and, you know, for, yeah, for yeah, 30 yeah. or 40 minutes and chop it up yeah. and learn about each other on, on a personal level as well. Not just about, mm-hmm. Hey, what are we talking about? What do you want to talk about? But like, how are you doing? How's your family? Like what, like what's, yeah. you know, Getting to know what, you. What, are you, what are you most excited about right now? And oftentimes mm-hmm. some of it's work related. Some of it's like, you know what? Thanks for asking me that. They're like, 
I'm, I'm heading on holiday finally with the family for, you know, to, to Nantucket or, or to, you know, to Thailand or to somewhere. And I'm like, Oh, that's so, that's so amazing. So, you know, just again, developing that connection, I think is, is so important, but you know, and I was just telling someone this today, sometimes it's more of the corporate executives that are the ones that are like, I need to know the questions and I need to know this and I kind of need to know that. And um, my thing is, is if someone doesn't want to get on the phone beforehand, um, you know, we don't need to do an episode together. It's no hard feelings at all. But like that's, I think that's also kind of the beauty of the show is that it does feel like it's two friends that that are chopping it up, talking about the industry, learning from one another and, and discovering from one another as well. Mm-hmm. 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 I, I feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned earlier, these conversations that you have, um, you know, it's, the, it's fun because you get to talk to people who are really shaping the industry. So I wanted to ask today, what is trending for us going forward? What do you see that's like the new trend, whether it's in hospitality, whether it's in gastronomy, mm-hmm. whether it's in spirits, like what and then obviously we had, you know, three years of COVID, which really shifted a lot of things too, um, right? So what do you what do you see that's trending now that the pandemic is kind of over, mm-hmm. is over, and, and where we're headed? It's a big question because it really depends on where you sit within the industry. But, but one thing- Let's say consumers, like consumers or um, from well, owners. Well, I mean, I, mean, I, I think-, I think um, from a hospitality perspective, I think we're trending in, um, you know, culinary, culinary continues to be from what I believe one of the largest drivers of tourism. Like, you know, I think, I think, I think lists like James Beard for the United States world's 50 best, you know, for, for globally, but then also regionally, um, this information that used to be held in the hands of a small few, has democ has been democratized. You know, you can now, you can now, whether through its world's fifty best or world's fifty best discovery, type in. You know, I I, I want to go to Panama City, and 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 all, and guess what? Like, there's all this information that that's there now, and you kind of have a trusted resource. Where again, fifteen twenty years ago, you didn't really have that that information at all, and so I think. Culinary continues to be one of the largest drivers. You've got you've got massive hospitality groups like Four Seasons touting the amount of Michelin stars that they uh, you know they have within their portfolio of of, re- of restaurants. Um, you know Rosewood Group as well, really over indexing on highlighting some of the incredible chefs and and culinary offerings. I also think like eco luxury ecotourism. Um, you know, I, I think, I think that's something that there's a big demand. Um, you know, it's, it's quite niche, but you have a very affluent clientele base that kind of can afford anything, but they're, they'd rather be in a really groovy treehouse, you know, with an amazing view and, you know, releasing turtles on the beach you know, like in the in the morning at six a.m. I, I, obviously, I'm making this up. Although I did do this in in Mexico a, a few months you're, ago. You're uh, not making that up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. I was, well, no, I was going to say I did do that at my friend's. Uh, my friend David Leventhal 
has a has an amazing eco luxury resort uh, called Playa Viva. But like, yeah, I mean, I mean, there are individuals that could easily afford to go to certain certain places, but they are opting on this more, I think, cultural tourism as well. Like really, really having a curiosity and an understanding for a region, for its people, for its ingredients, and understanding its cuisine. So I think that is continue will continue to be a trend. Um, and there's listen, there's a lot of there's a lot of other things, but um, that's for the next podcast that we can you know we can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to 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 have that conversation. We'll bring Jamila into yeah for sure. And we can all have a sit around table and have this conversation. Okay, so my last three questions, which usually I ask all my guests. Um, do you want me to shoot all three at you at once or I, I ask one and have you answer How, one? However, how however you, you want to do it. Yeah, however you want to do however it. However, yeah. half the time, I usually, I just say all three and then people go, wait, can you remind me again what you just asked? Okay, so I'll do it one by one. So first one is what keeps you grounded? What keeps me grounded is uh, I think my family. Um, mm-hmm. I have an amazing, incredible support system in, in my family um, and also just kind of doing the personal work and, and the, the awareness uh, of understanding myself and also realizing that uh, life is, is beautiful and, and we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously uh, half the time and, and just appreciate uh, what, what we have and, and, uh, it, and, and just the great, the great things that are happening. You know, I've, I've been able to travel to a lot of places and realize how fortunate I am and how blessed I am to have been born into the family that I was born into, uh, in the area that I was, you know, that, that I was. And, uh, I know a lot of that because there's a lot of data dictates ultimately your trajectory, uh, in, in life. So I'm always grounded in appreciation and, uh, and just feeling blessed that, that, you know, I have the family that I have and, and, um, I just, I love life. So, you know, even the good and the bad times, uh, uh, the, the good times are great and the bad times are not that bad. <laughs> all pers- it's all perspective, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. But when you say you, when you say doing the awareness work, yeah, like what kind of, what kind of stuff do you do to help, help you? Yeah. I mean, I, I do, aware. I do a lot of yoga, yoga. In my, I have mm-hmm. a, I have sort of a, um, a daily yoga practice, um, a meditation practice. And also just like, I think, I think pre pandemic, I spent a lot of time really focused on the outward and not focused on sort of the inward. And so there's a, there's deep introspection that, that takes place when you're in meditation or when you're in yoga and, and understanding and sitting with those thoughts and understanding those fears and anxieties and, and those insecurities and, and just addressing them, you know, or, or just letting them pass through. But if they come back up again, trying to understand where that, where that come, where that comes from, where that stems from. And, mm. and also, you know, again, doing the work is realizing that there are things within your childhood that, uh, you bring with you into friendships, into relationships, um, good and bad. You know, there's, there's, mm-hmm. there's great things from, from my childhood. There's, there's other, there's other things that, uh, you know, I've had to, I've had to work on. And so I think for me, the biggest thing is like, some people aren't even aware 
of these things. So like, so that's why I say the awareness, doing the work and actually just being aware. The change yeah. doesn't happen right away, but it, when, when you have that awareness, you're, you're, you're triggering that ability to actually become a, a different self and, and, and the possibility yes. of a different self. Right, right. Okay, so the next question is, what resources, uh, I guess, because we're talking about awareness, right? So like what resources has helped you along the way of your awareness and self-development or, or not even just even just the things you like, right? So yeah. the whole industry, everything we've talked about in the last hour um, that you would recommend to listeners who are listening to this episode. So whether it's like books yeah. or obviously your podcast or maybe other podcast hosts yeah. that you like. Um, um, I, I have I, I have two books that, that are not hospitality right. related, but I think are okay. are related to building better relationships, which I think we all need to, mm -hmm. we all need to do. Um, mm -hmm. There's a book called The Brain on Love, the, neuro, the Neurobiology of, I think, Healthy Connections, and it's by Dr. Stan Tatkin. Fascinating, fascinating book that is not just about love relationships, but about friendship relationships, relationships with your parents. It really dives into, and it's, it's an amazing audio book, it dives into attachment theory. It dives into a whole mm. slew of things that help you better understand yourself, but also better understand the people around you. So that's one that I would okay. highly, highly recommend. The other uh -huh. one is, I'm sure listeners are familiar with Ryan Holiday, who really, oh, um, I love Ryan Holiday. yeah, yeah, he's sort of <laughs> distilling down stoicism. But there's a book called, um, oh, what's it called? Hold on now. <laughs> It's called. Is it one of his classics? The the first three. No, like no, oh, oh, the, oh, the obstacle or... is the way. The obstacle is the way. The time, yeah. the, the timeless art of turning trials into triumphs. That is, I will tell you, whether you're going through a tough time, you're about to go into a tough time, you're coming out of a tough time. Uh, I highly recommend that book because it does put things into again, like you said, it's all perspective. It's all perspective mm -hmm. at the end of the day, and there's great examples of individuals, some of the most interesting and important individuals in the world uh, who, you know, took really difficult situations and turned them into just the most incredible opp opportunities. And, and you know, I, I, lo I love that. Uh, I always tell people this now. Uh, I think it's the Benjamin Franklin quote, the things that hurt instruct. So let's, let, let's, let's mm -hmm. also remember that, um, when we are hurting and we are struggling, there's a lot of learning that can come from that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Okay, last one. <laughs> I love how I'm sitting in the dark, by the way. I, I, I know. I, I actually was going to make a comment about that, not because we're not recording video, so people can't see, but we yeah. went from sunny California, yeah, yeah, like yeah. afternoon sunshine. Yeah, I, 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 forgot to, I forgot to like, put the light on, but it's okay. They're completely dark now, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is fine because we're concluding here with our last question, which is um, to those who are listening to this episode, what two cent would you give to them? Like, you know, those who like resonate with your story or who are, are, are big fans of your podcast, what two cent would you give to them? Or another way to reverse this question would be like, what would you tell your younger self what you know now? Right. Like words of encouragement. <laughs> mm. 
I mean, there's a lot of different things kind of going through my mind, but I mean, I guess the first thing that kind of comes to my mind is I've, I've had quite the health journey and, um, unless you've had your health sort of stripped away, you don't necessarily, I don't think everyone appreciates it. So, so what, what I would say to people is really, we're talking about part of doing that work on the self part of that awareness is also hopefully understanding, um, and learning about your health and wellness. Um, and that we live in a time where, um, the food system is, is broken. Uh, we've been marketed to, (laughs) I mean, at an extraordinary level, um, and which has turned into habits. It's, you know, it's, the whole concept of breakfast is the most important meal of the day is a marketing campaign that came from cereal companies. Um, I think, uh, I forget, I forget, I think that was in, um, forget what his book is. Um, the omnivores dilemma, um, Michael, Mm, Michael, Michael, Michael Pollan, but like really assess how you, uh, and your family and your community interact with food and 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 what you're what you're putting in your body um i think really matters we all know these things but i think few of us because of the busy lifestyles that we have because of lack of time because of convenience we tend to take the the easier uh you know the easier option and um you know type 2 diabetes uh you know obesity there, there's just, it is rampant, not just in, in, in my country, but, but in a lot of parts uh, of, of the developing world. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. the United States has, uh, you know, has brought its manufactured food through the form of, uh, you know, through the form of fast food chains to a lot of other parts of the world. And so, you know, really check in with yourself, understand your body, reconnect with your body. Um, listen to your, listen to your body. It's telling you things. Uh, I think that that is something that I want everyone to, to think about and, and be conscious of. Mm -hmm. That's a great, great way to end our conversation today. It's very important. (laughs) It is. Well, I want to thank you again for your time and for sharing your journey and your story um, and very exciting things you're doing going forward. And we hope to have you out in Asia, in Taiwan at some point. Um, I don't know if there was anything else you would like to add to the conversation before we say farewell here. No, I mean, I just want to thank you for for your time and for, you know, the the energy and, and your enthusiasm for the industry and having people like myself, um, you know, who are not well known in the industry, but trying to, uh, <laughs> trying to do great things and trying to, you know, to, to help people and, and spread, spread a message. Um, and so, yeah, I thank you for making the space for this. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, I will say farewell for now, and then I will put all your, um, 
resources in the episode resources link below so people can connect Amazing. with you whether it's for consultant consultancy work yeah. or um chefs in asia who want to join please, and be please. on the path yeah yeah you, you can know? you so, can i think you have my personal website you have the, the on the pass website so yeah, yeah i have everything yeah please so i'm gonna please. put it all perfect. in the resources link yeah perfect no we need <laughs> all right we, i need more chefs in asia as well so let's also let's let's put that in there because there's so many incredible talents that uh, I, I would love to have on my podcast as well. Yeah. On the Pass Season 5 Asia Tour. Yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> maybe maybe we co-host that one together. <laughs> my pleasure. Yeah. Let me know. Yeah. All right. Ciao. Thank okay, you so thank much. You. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to Curito Connects. For more Connects content, collaborations, and discoveries set to inspire you on your own individual journey, please head to our website at www.curito.co. Until next time, stay inspired and thank you for joining us at Curito Connects.